Welcome back to another episode of Oh the Good Old Days, your time travel ticket to history's dirty little secrets. Hello everyone, I'm Om Shinrinkyo Old. <laughs> Hi, and I, I'm Ellie, and I'm Branch Davidian Old. Before we dive headfirst into those handful of times that the world definitely ended, let's get our priorities straight, folks. Hit that subscribe button to ensure that you're always in the know about the next doomsday, or like thereof, and share this episode with your fellow survivalists, skeptics, or anyone who enjoys a good laugh at a cult's expense. And if you find our tales of apocalyptic absurdity as entertaining as we do, don't forget to give us a five-star review so others can find us. When it comes to impending doom, we want to arm you with knowledge, because that's the only way you'll survive. Unless you're shot because someone thought you're a ghost. Or someone killed you or burned you or hanged you because, you know, they thought you're a witch. Don't forget drowning. Or or drowning. (laughs) You know, maybe knowledge is not going to save you, but it's definitely going to make you seem cool. How about that? <laughs> if your friends are nerds, like ours are, you can find us on social media at oh the God Pod. That's O-H-T-H-E-G-O-D-P-O-D. We are on Facebook, Instagram, threads, and we now have a Patreon with the same at. If you're telling your friends to find us, make sure to search for O-O-H-T-H-E. G dot O dot D dot on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you search without the dots, our AI overloads are going to get confused and not find the podcasts. You definitely have to include the dots in there. All right. You know what, Ellie? I'm afraid that the world is going to end soon again. I hope it does. I know. I'm excited. I, I'm ready. I have, I have, I have my weapons. I have my freeze dried food. We were talking about this earlier today. I'm, I'm excited. Yes, we're we're both we're both so prepared at this point. It's going to be a waste of the things we have in case of apocalypse if there isn't one. <laughs> my freeze dried food will last 25 years, so I think we've got some time. Yes, we got. It'll it'll happen in 25 years. I think. <laughs> Ah, sooner rather than later. And we got a place in Wisconsin to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't share too much information. Oh, no, no, It'll definitely. <laughs> we're, we're going to Florida. Please yeah. go go to Florida. <laughs> yeah, Flor- Florida's the place to be in case of apocalypse. That's and, definitely where you want to go. And Texas. Yes, and Texas. <laughs> All right, you know what? Let's talk about our Latin word of the day. Finis mundi. I think you can make the connection and figure out what that means. The end of the world. All right, stock up on your canned goods, prepare an emergency kit, find some underground shelter, and let me set the scene. Well, back in the good old days. In a world much like ours, one person had a message. The end is near. They felt compelled to share it with the masses. But like many unique voices before them, their prediction, once again, never came true. We can't say never yet. Yet. I don't know. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about some dates in the future that might potentially be the end of the world. Who knows? Keeping our fingers crossed. You know, 
it, we might be living in apocalyptic times right now. This may be someone's imagination. I don't know. Maybe the world One ended. could argue the world ended in 2016. Or it ended in, I don't know, 1900s. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, let's hop back in our time machine and journey back to the thrilling days of the second century BCE, when the Essenes, a Jewish sect, emerged. They had a good run, lasting until the end of the first century, and at their peak, they had about 4,000 members. They believed they were the chosen one, the cream of the crop. Everyone else, well, according to them, all other Jews and Romans were wrong and utterly doomed. Now, let's talk about how the Essenes lived their lives, and let me tell you, it was a real party. If your idea of a party involved shunning every earthly pleasure, and I mean Every single pleasure. According to Flavius Josephus in the War of the Jews, penned in 75 CE, the Essenes, quote, guard against the lascivious behavior of women and are persuaded that none of them preserve their fidelity to one man. Pliny the Elder described the Essenes as people, quote, without a single woman, renounced all love without money. So yeah, their idea of a good time was pretty unique and just not for me. It sounds a little bit like the average 4chan user. <laughs> the initial incel, I think. Yes, I think I think these were the originals. That's yeah. <laughs> now, you might be wondering, Ellie, if they were around for a few centuries, someone somewhere had to engage in some good old-fashioned Puritan baby making. Well, buckle up, because you see, ovaries were in short supply in an all-male group. And and you really can't have babies without uh, those pesky little things. Instead of procreation, they had a thing for adopting other people's children, often without bothering to ask for consent. I think the term you were looking for is kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to call it adopting without consent for now. (laughs) Now, the Essenes believed in conquest over passion and equality over wealth. They shared everything like one big, bizarre family reunion. Minus the fighting, but definitely plenty of awkward uncles. Oh, and they all wore white garments until they practically fell apart. And they refrained from cursing, too. So I I guess that's a plus. There's some things like equality over wealth and and wearing things until they're they can't shut your mouth socialist shut your mouth (laughs) do you have socialists i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) you just outed me like that in front of everyone (laughs) now they're gonna come for me (laughs) maybe in november i'm clutching my pearls In addition to the the text from 75 AD, we also have the famous Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm sure you've heard of those. They were discovered in a cave in the West Bank, and they were thought to be authored by the Essenes. So these scrolls contained various ancient manuscripts, and one of them, called the Scroll of Community Rules, detailed the very isolated existence of the Essenes. It was all about the oath of entry, communal property, and a male population with a handful of kids thrown in for good measure. One of the scrolls is called The War of the Sons of Light Against the Sons of Darkness. It's a very catchy title. It's all in there. 
the sons of light who swore off sex and money, but apparently not kidnapping, duke it out with the sons of darkness, led by the enigmatic Belial. I'm sorry. The sons of light who are basically monks who kidnap children to indoctrinate them into the cult. They're fucking Jedi. This is, that's what Jedi do. <gasps> the original Jedis. The original Jedi. Is, is that a Star Trek thing? What? Moving on. I'm mailing you a glitter bomb. Okay. It's not, it's not a Star Trek thing. Not bad. Okay. Very different. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't hate me. You're not. That was intentional. Evil. I'm like the worst nerd ever. <laughs> You're obviously with the Sons of Darkness. This is obviously. very clear. <laughs> Clearly. Well, let me tell you about the Sons of Darkness here. The Dark Army included Romans, Edomites, Moabites, Amalekites, Philistines, and the Jews who were labeled violators of the covenants by the Essenes. So pretty much any Jew who wasn't a Essene. Do you think part of the initiation was kidnapping a child? You know, it might have been. That or making sure to see how long your white clothing lasts and stay white, I guess. They didn't have Clorox back then. No, I bet it wasn't that white. Oh, it must have looked so gross. I know. It's disgusting. Well, even though they were greatly, greatly outnumbered, I mean, I just named the parties of the, you know, Sons of Darkness, the Essenes did not lose faith. They believed that the Archangel Michael would lead them to victory in a 49-year-long war. They had prophecies, battles, and a grand showdown between good and evil on the horizon. Meanwhile, other Jews were revolting against Roman oppression in 66 CE. The Romans started systematically wiping out towns to put down the revolt. Soon enough, the Romans reached the Essenes' doorstep, triggering the prophesied 49-year-long battle of light and dark. There was only one teeny tiny problem here. Death Star? The Death Star (laughs) made the Essenes lose every single battle. And by every single battle, I mean, they weren't even close. The Romans massacred all the Essenes by 68 CE, a whopping 47 years short of their prophecy. There was no 3-3 tie, no Archangel Michael, no epic final battle. I stumbled upon this gem while browsing a website. So this website compared the Essenes to other sects and had this nifty table that detailed their attitudes compared to these uh, other sects. The Essenes didn't believe in free will. They followed a solar calendar and they were firmly against Hellenism. But what truly piqued my interest was that the Essenes were, quote, personally opposed to Jonathan under the Rofer attitude towards Hasmonean, while the other sects just merely opposed usurpation. The Essenes were just, quote, personally opposed to Jonathan. Now, I couldn't help but wonder why they had it out for Jonathan. And instead of research, I let my imagination run wild. I can almost picture Jonathan delivering a personal insult, like some ancient predecessor to your mama. Maybe he quipped to one of the Essenes, Thy mother is so ancient that when she dost bake bread, she uses a stone oven and waits for it to rise like the Babylonian Empire. 
Ooh, of course. Burn. <laughs> now I'm 99% certain that's not what happened, but you know what? You weren't there, Ellie. Who knows? That that might have happened. And you never I'm know. I'm pretty sure that that joke was a real knee slapper back in the day. Now some scholars suggest that there were multiple Essene groups and only a splinter faction practiced the extreme separation from women. But one thing is clear. Regardless of the specifics, the Essenes as a collective no longer exist. And that faction that believed the end was nigh, well, for them, it kind of was. Just not in a way they envisioned. In a much less romantic way. They just fizzled out. (laughs) 47 years too short. (laughs) Let's fast forward a bit and talk about Martin de Tours, a French Christian saint. He expected the world to end in 400 AD. It didn't. Pope Innocent III predicted the end of the world would occur in 618, 666 years after the rise of Islam. It didn't. That's a very specific number. (laughs) It's like it's the number of the beast or something. (laughs) Other men, like Martin Luther, also saw the world ending in their lifetime. I'm sure you've heard of Martin Luther. Mm -hmm. He is a big name in Christianity. He fathered an entire sect. During his life, he saw many things. He saw war at a scale worse than before. He spoke of indifference and non-belief of his fellow men. He spoke of a pleasure-loving generation overindulging in eating and drinking. And like many other Christians, he feared the Antichrist. As his arrival would herald the end of times, he saw the spirit of the Antichrist as the Pope and the flesh as the Turk, like the Muslim invaders of the time. And this meant to Martin Luther that the end is near. That reminds me, don't forget to stock up on your Antichrist before the end of the year. Got to... Just but I, but I thought seeing him meant the end is near. And no, there's only one see. of him. No, no. It's, it, usually they go on sale at the end of December. Oh, is that how it works? Mm-hmm. It's those big jugs right next to the, right next to the antifreeze. Do, do you get them at Costco? I usually get them at Sam's Club. I probably have them at Costco too. Okay. All right. Because yeah. cool. I don't have a Costco membership. I have a, yeah, I'd have to get one if of those. If you go to Walmart, okay. Walmart probably would too. Okay. okay. But you got to rush to Walmart because they, they sell out pretty fast. All right. All right. I need to get there. Now, in his old age, Luther was so convinced that the Pope was the devil's representation on earth that he asked his friend to make woodcuts so that all could see what Luther thought of the papacy. One of those showed the Pope on his throne with the peasants with their tongues out, pants down, farting in the Pope's face. You know, I kind of wonder what a fart looks like on woodcuts. He made them into woodcuts because many people at that time were illiterate. But I just like, that's all I can think of is like, how do you draw a, f- I mean, I can, <laughs> like, like a little, see a bunch little- of little poop emojis. <laughs> Fun. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> Another one shows the Pope riding an ass like a mule, holding a pile of poop in his hand. Well, I guess the poop would have to be different than the fart. Maybe the fart was just like a bunch of little half clats. I don't know. Now, the, yeah, so it's holding a pile of poop in his hand saying the Pope is offering counsel. Now, Martin Luther believed the world would end in the year 1600. Spoiler alert, didn't. Oh, now, Bummer. let's... <laughs> uh, 
let's switch gears from Middle Eastern and European doomsday predictors and venture into the good old U.S. of A. Enter William Miller, a a Baptist preacher hailing from the northern wilderness of New York. I think you're familiar with that area. Depends on whether it's the east or west northern wilderness. It's a big state. Yeah, it's all the same thing. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. He's from somewhere up north. Up up here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, back in September 1822, William decided to play the numbers game. He became absolutely convinced that the end of the world was just around the corner. So he did what any reasonable person would do. He shared the apocalyptic math with his friends and peers. You know, you'd think that predicting the end of days would make you the life of the party. But alas, no one paid much attention. Before we dive deeper into this apocalyptic adventure, let me share a golden nugget I stumbled upon in Miller's memoirs, courtesy of Sylvester Bliss. Apparently, according to Miller, the key to solving society's drinking problem was simple. Keep those lamps burning. Yes, you heard it right. The lamps in the neighborhoods needed to stay lit because now, under the light of lamps, it's obvious that it's the same people drinking every day. And who should be tasked with this very crucial job? Well, only virgins, of course. Naturally. (laughs) No one else can be trusted. In in Miller's own words, quote, God ordered the virgins, and they arose and trimmed their lamps. And in all human probability, thousands who would have met a drunkard's grave if this society had not arisen are now watching with their lamps trimmed and burning. All right. So, you know, as I was reading these paragraphs out of context, I assumed trimming the lamps meant trimming pubes. And I was I just so that as soon as you said that. <laughs> I was just so bewildered. Why he was like so obsessed with pubes. I'm like, and how is that related to drunkenness? And then, you know, my spouse, who's a history major, said it's 1822. It literally meant trimming the wick of the lamp because that's how they you know, lit. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, the, the guy from the, the witchcraft book, Heinrich Kramer was obsessed with disappearing penises. Why wouldn't this guy be obsessed with, I don't know. He just, yep. it tracks, it tracks. <laughs> so I was like, why is he? <laughs> but anyway, the sin is in the pubic hair. <laughs> One must remove it. Shave your pubes and you'll stop being a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, I wonder if Miller trimmed his own pubes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had a virgin do it for him. Oh, of course. His oh, wife no, he be- probably was a virgin, huh? <laughs> I was say his wife, because he probably never slept with her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Miller crunched some biblical numbers, and he concluded that the 2300 days commenced with the 70 weeks, which the best chronologers date from BC 457. Blah, 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 blah. Quote, they would all terminate together around A.D. 1843. Pardon the blah, blahs, but you know what? His memoirs were not exactly a page turner. I saved you guys a lot. Trust me. In essence, he used biblical passages to proclaim that 2,300 years after the founding of Jerusalem, the world would meet its end. Brace yourself, Ellie. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. The world did not end in 1843, as he so confidently predicted. Oh. Jesus did not make his grand return on that date. Oh. So like many before him, Miller had to admit, 
Sorry, guys. Oops. I math wrong. He revised his prediction to August 1843. And once again, the world just kept on spinning. Wait, was the word flat back then or is it circle or did they know it was a circle? I think they knew it was a circle for quite a long time. Oh, okay. They didn't know it was a circle. Definitely, was definitely in the 1800s, they knew. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. So it was spinning. Right. Yes. Right. Producer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they knew the world was round even be- before Columbus. Okay. Well, okay. people people choose not to know at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, anyway, the world kept on spinning. I just didn't know if it was flat back then or not, but okay, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. So then Miller said, you know what? Never mind. It's definitely October. I promise this time. Final answer. Surprise, surprise. The world did not end in October. Oh. And in fact, this whole fiasco is now famously known in history as the Great Disappointment. That's hilarious. Not the Great Relief. Everyone was disappointed that it didn't end. Because they have to keep shaving their pubes. <laughs> that would do it. I'm yep. sorry, now I'm just like yep. stuck on the whole pubes thing. <laughs> All right, now, allow me to regale you with some old-timey 1800 journalism. The scenes witnessed in the Millerite Church, of which we have spoken of, are not novel. Sighs, tears, groans, fights, insanity, idiotcy, idiotcy. It actually says idiotcy, not idiocy. Idiotcy are all effects of similar preposterous lies already recorded in history. And then right at the bottom, the author concludes with just a dash of pessimism. But two days remain for the consummation of the folly, and then some fresh lie will take its place. Ah, the unshakable cycle of human gullibility. All right, let's make our final pit stop in Asia, circa 1992. Picture this. 20,000 folks in South Korea firmly believing they were the chosen one. That sounds familiar, right? There's so many chosen ones. (laughs) They were ready to get beamed up to heaven as the clock struck midnight on October 28th, 1992. It was their exclusive ticket to kickstart the grand finale of the world. So what they do? They went all in. People sold their home, kissed their jobs goodbye, bid adieu to their families, and some even took uh, rather drastic measures like undergoing abortions because... Oh my God! (laughs) Who needs earthly attachments like children? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pro-choice, but that's a very intense reason. Oh, I, I have. No, I, I, I'm just gonna move on. What? A, oh, okay. Like, and, and the sad part is, actually, this lady had struggled to get pregnant, and it was the worst. Like, it was horrible because not only did she struggle to get pregnant, but she was seven month pregnant when she got the abortion. How did and they let her get one that far in in South like, Korea? She's like, I'm going to heaven. You, you have to abort me. Otherwise, I'm not going to heaven. I, 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 I'm mind blown. They let her get one. No that idea. Long. Oh, my God. That's, it's tragic, but also like. Batshit crazy. Yeah. Four people were so convinced that they chose the unthinkable path that they committed suicide. I thought committing suicide was like a mortal sin. Yeah. In uh, most religions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. No, so it's no. not just me. All right. No. I don't know. Any, any religion that requires you to kill children is just 
Definitely not one for me. And that's a red flag. That's a that's an immediate red flag. Yeah. But guess what happened when the clock struck midnight and then 12.10 or 12.01, 12.02, 12.10. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. In fact, a teenage boy poked his head out of the church window and just hollered to the journalists and riot police gathered outside and said, nothing's happening. <laughs> of course, nothing happened. The world didn't end in 1992 any more than it ended in 1843 or 1844 or 1845. But unlike William Miller, Lee Jang Rim, leader of the Dami Mission, was waiting behind bars in September of 1992. Unlike William Miller, Lee Jang Rim, who's been behind bars this whole time, um, he's the leader of the Dami Mission. Uh, he's been behind bars because he did some swindling escapades that we'll talk about in a little bit. Even though he was behind bars, people clung to his every word. In, in their hysteria and their fervor, 54 diehard believers decided it was time to say goodbye to their furniture and burn them. Because you Couldn't can't I go to heaven. Them? <laughs> you can't go to heaven if you have furniture, apparently. No, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> There was no word if s'mores were involved, involved though. I like to um, think they were. <laughs> the Dabby Mission Administrator even dished out special ID cards for the big event. Yes, you needed a special ID card to gain access to the final church service. Even if that wasn't enough, one child who was thankfully removed reported that his mother wouldn't even let him sleep or use the bathroom because the entire congregation was busy with all-night prayer extravaganza to prepare for the rapture. Yikes. So, like I said earlier, Lee Jang Rim foresaw the end. He foresaw that out of the billions of people who are living on Earth, only 144,000 lucky souls would be granted the heavenly elevator ride. 20,000 of them were Koreans. And this would trigger seven years of chaos, including war, famine, and other delightful doomsday delicacies that would cleanse the earth and set the stage for Christ's triumphant return. But when the police decided to pay Lee's home a visit, they found $26,711 of his followers' funds. I don't think he'd need money if that was all going to happen. (laughs) It gets better. Hold on to that. But 26,711 is oddly specific, right? I mean, like the police finished counting and like one officer runs up like breathless and says, wait a minute, I found one more more dollar, one more dollar. (laughs) And and in case you forgot, the the damning mission maestro here was already behind bar while this entire spectacle unfolded. He was actually delivering his apocalypse sermons via videotape to the faithful congregation that had gathered in a church. Eventually, he was sentenced to prison for fleecing his followers out of $4.4 million. Oh my God. Do you wonder how he was caught for, for fraud? How? He had purchased bonds with that money that were set to mature in 1993. <laughs> After That's <the> delightful. <laughs> Something doesn't ending. add up here, sir. The world is ending next month, but I'm <laughs> going to keep your money for next year. Yep. Wow. But you, but you know what, though? It's okay. It's okay. He apologized. So all is right with the world. He graced us with an apology. How kind of him. He's crisis averted. He served two years in jail. 
I assume the money was taken from him, right? Like he didn't get to get out of jail and then have that $40.4 million. Yeah, no, the money's gone. I don't okay. know if it went back to the people or if the police, but it's still gone. I'm sure the gates. state ate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this episode, I wanted to steer clear of the usual suspects. I wanted to cover people that you have not heard of before, right? Have you heard of any of the people I covered? I have the, the Korean one I had heard of, but I have not heard it. Well, I know actually I heard of the Dead Souls one, but no, I didn't know any of the details. I just had like heard about them in passing. Well, I failed because I'm I obsessed with Colso. To... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I you didn't fail. You didn't fail. It was all, it was still a lot of shocking news for me. And I'd never heard of Miller. <laughs> the guy from your backyard. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, I wanted to avoid, you know, Nostradamus, the Mayan calendar, Jim Jones, Heaven's Gate. But I have a few more to tell you about that are, you know, lesser known, but equally enthusiastic doomsday predictors that are just dying to share their unique visions with the world. First, I'm going to tell you about Lee Spangler, who was just dead set on the world going up in flames in October 1908. As you might have guessed, that that didn't happen. Hmm. Next, sure? we have Margaret. Positive. You were I wasn't around in 1908. I wasn't there. Yeah. You're right. Next, we have Margaret Rowan. She saw the world coming at the end of midnight on Friday the 13th in 1925. She was from California. She had followers all over the U.S. And when the uh, apocalypse decided to, you know, stand her up, one of her followers said, wait a minute, she meant midnight Pacific time, not Eastern time. Uh, easy mistake. Yeah. So when everybody waited patiently, very patiently, three more hours, nothing happened again. Hmm. So her, her followers said, you know what? We have to blame the camera flashes because those pesky camera flashes managed to keep doomsday at bay. What? Who, who knew what? photography could be what? so heroic? <laughs> Were they flashing cameras? Do they just mean camera flashes and jet? Like, what? Uh, there's, the, that makes the no journalists. sense. The journalists oh, were there. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, yes, that makes perfect sense. Then we have the ever flexible Harold Camping. He was not camping at the time. That's just his name. Ah. <laughs> he told the world that the, the world was wrapping up on September 6, 1994. So on the 7th, he said, no, 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 no. I met the middle of September. So naturally, when that wasn't the, the harbinger of doom, he said, oh, I met the, the 29th of September. No, 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 no. I actually met October 2nd. And then just when he thought he'd run out of dates, he said, oh, I met October th or March 31st, 1995. Spoiler alert, did not end in 1995. Wow. When he was asked again about his repeated failed predictions, he's like, you know what? I'm like the boy who cried wolf. And for my believers, it's a no-lose, win-win situation if they believe me. What? Now, here's the last guy, psychic Sheldon Nidal, who boldly declared that the world was making its grand exit on December 17th, 1996. But this isn't just your run-of-the-mill apocalypse. No, no. Millions of spaceships and their trusty sidekicks, angels, were Ooh. supposed to usher in a blissful era of 16 years of light. Now, I vaguely remember 1996. Friday night, TGIF lineup reigns supreme. Twister was released. What? Did you see what's that? You sh 
You did not just say what's that, did you? I did. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Full House. So wait, Friday Night's TGIF is a TV show? No, no, it was like the Friday Night lineup on ABC. It was like what you would do on Friday night when you it's didn't like what have... you would do on Friday nights. Because I had no friends. That's right. I, I was sucking on a binky. <laughs> and we didn't have cable TV. We had rabbit ears and PBS. <laughs> yeah, we'd have Sabrina. We'd have Full House. Uh, wow. It was great. Yeah. Lots of amazing TV huh. shows. Well, that's called TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Missed out on so much. Did you at least see Twister? No. Wait, the game? The TV, the movie. No. The flying cow? The the cow gets making horrified faces. (laughs) You need to watch Twister. Like the cow gets caught up in a in a tornado. Incredible. You need to watch that. You and John, that's your next date night. I'm I'm planning your date night for you. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. And well, now we're the next line is and Tupac was murdered. So. Oh, well, I did know about that. <laughs> uh, was it on PBS? It wasn't. I, was, I didn't know about it in 96, but I, I do know about it now. Right. So, yeah, TGIF, Twitter, or Twister, <laughs> Tupac. But you know what I don't remember from 1996? Millions of spaceships. No, no. You know, you probably weren't special enough. You weren't one of the chosen ones. I'm really disappointed that all these people have predicted the end of the world and it has not happened. Patiently waiting. Still patiently waiting. And you're going to keep waiting. There's absolutely no shortage of modern day doomsday disciples. I'm going to introduce you to the undisputed champion of crazy prediction. If this guy had invested as much energy into writing sci-fi books, he might have been one of the greatest authors ever. But no, or founded Scientology. Just, or, or that. <laughs> he might have outdone Scientology. Speaking of cults. <laughs> you just wait. I think he would have outdone them. <laughs> but no, he just decided to bless us with his wackadoodle theories. and Boy, they are oddly specific. Have you heard of Jaron or Jaron Criswell King? Mm-mm. All right. So he did die before the Dami mission saga, but I'm going to include him in the where are we now segment just because his unique predictions are still floating around and you can find his book online for free. And I highly recommend it if you're in the market for some mind boggling WTF material. His, this entire section is just based on his book written in 1968 called From Now to the Year 2000. So Hmm. he claimed that the first words he ever spoke, he was four years old, and it was a prediction. Okay, that's old, right? Yes, it's that's, very old. Okay. <laughs> I don't know a lot about kids, but I'm pretty sure they should be speaking before that. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. But, uh, he, well, he also goes on to say that people were, quote, calling him, again, his word, not mine, retarded. But his first word... <laughs> oh. He wrote this in the in the 1960s, this book. It was, yeah, terms were different yeah, then. Terms were different. But he said his first words when he was four were a prediction that came true. And his Ooh. first words were, the rain will stop. Okay. It was during a rainstorm. Okay. And, and guess what? Well, I'm assuming at some point it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's 
you know what? It's going to get warmer. I know it's December right now, but I'm predicting, I'm predicting that sometime this spring, it's going to get warmer. And I'm predicting that it's going to be tomorrow at some point. Yeah. Warmer than it is now. Yeah. Oh, oh, just tomorrow. At some. Are you sure? That's pretty bold. <laughs> That's pretty bold. I think you need to, you need to tail, curl tail it back there a little bit, buddy. So after his astonishing prediction of the rain will stop, as a teenager, he started writing in his uncle's newspaper about a woman who attended his, her sister's funeral. But then he discovered that her sister was still alive. Oh. And thankfully, the sister died to save him from the embarrassment. Oh, Those are his sentiments. <laughs> Those are his sentiments, not mine. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the book. <laughs> Literally, that's like reading the book. Oh my God. And then he realized that he had a gift and he started keeping score of all of his predictions. And he said that he had an 86% accuracy, or, or so he claims. We're, we're going to put that number to the test. No evidence. <laughs> the rain will stop, Ellie. The rain will stop. Let's get into his prediction. Criswell foresaw the rise of homosexuality in dedicated tiny neighborhoods in large cities to these, to these individuals. Wait, he so he envisioned s- gay neighborhoods? Yes, yes, he did, in 1968. I mean, if you... <laughs> <laughs> in Philadelphia, okay. we call that the gayborhood. <laughs> oh no! He boldly stated that the Supreme Court would grant these consenting adults the power to do whatever they pleased with whomever they pleased, and he boldly set the date for this event, 1973. I have to hand it to him. The Supreme Court did eventually rule in favor. It was a little off. A little, you know, 20 years off, 30 years off. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to give him a progressive vote on that one because he definitely needs it. So we'll we'll say one nothing, okay? Yeah, sure. (laughs) The next prediction. He predicted that birth control would be placed in the water supply of every city. I'm going to spare you the suspense that that never happened. He said it would happen by the 1980s. Here is my nugget of conspiracy. I need to clarify. I don't believe this, but one could argue there are infertility rates that are sharply rising and birth control in the water supply would be a great way to explain that. Not the things we're doing to our food or any of the other stuff or microplastics. It's definitely birth control in the water supply. But it's also in the wrong population, I guess. The infertility rates. I don't know if you want to control. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) So there's more. According to Criswell, medicine would only require six months of study and pharmaceutical drugs would be free by 1982. That's a big fat now. That's, yeah. That's he, made a bold, he made a bold statement, Kennedy becoming president, but not serving a full term. Quite a prediction. Eh, not so much. He wrote the book in 1968, but Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Wait, no, hang on, Kinsey. I'm getting a prediction right now. It's something. The rain will stop. <laughs> I, I predict that in 2001, there's going to be a catastrophic terror event in the U.S. We should, we should do what we can to prevent it. And I believe there's going to be a, a, a Chad that's going to stop an election from happening in the 2000s mm. in Florida. 
I don't know if it's a Chad like a person or if it's a hanging Chad or I, I'm not a Chad. We'll have to wait and sure. see if these predictions come true. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, we can. <laughs> Google. How convenient. <laughs> All right, so that's another miss. All right. He also predicted that teachers would cease to exist and students would just instead be given memory pills. Well, memory is-, is pretty useless without knowledge, isn't it? <laughs> He said they would sit and watch TV, and TV would teach them everything. I mean, I mean, we're, he's he's got the cusp of these things. Eighty six percent, really? No, that's a, that's, a, that's a gross exaggeration. But you know, and again, I'm just picking here some of them. They're not, um, <laughs> and these are all supposed to happen before 2000. Yeah, learning from the TV definitely did not happen before 2000. No. California is supposed to be wiped out by April 4th, 1975. How oddly specific. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the best one. You ready? A black guy named Sanders is supposed to rally the, again, his word, not mine, the quote, Negroes to migrate to Mississippi in 1973. And because of this migration, Mississippi would become a model state, the most progressive in America, with the finest industry, schools, and hospitals. Huh. Oh, Criswell, if only you could see Mississippi now. Not exactly what you'd envisioned. <laughs> nope. What a dream. Here's my favorite, though. The destruction of Denver. Pressure from space would turn all solids into jelly-like masses, but, but only in Denver. Like dishes would turn into putty and buildings would just collapse in silence. And this is supposed to happen on June 9th, 1989. It, it didn't happen. How, how would, I'm not even going to pick that one apart. It's fine. He also mentioned that a drought so severe, people could walk across the English Channel from Britain to France. The English Channel is 600 feet deep. Yeah. Uh, a plane is going to crash through the Tower of the Tower of London and many men are going to escape doomsday by boarding a spaceship. Uh, okay, well hang on now. <laughs> Some of these things could happen. They're the they're trying. No, 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 no. No, but I'm just saying maybe he was off by a few decades. <laughs> you know, I only met I only made it through page 53 of his book. How many pages were there? Oh, I don't know. I I had to stop because I was <laughs> laughing out loud way too much, but I can't justify his 86% accuracy rate. <laughs> no, that's a little bold, I think. Right. Maybe right, he so meant 8.6. Possibly, possibly. I mean, there is no that one. gay neighborhoods and gayborhoods everywhere. Yeah, they're coming to take your children, America. That was sarcasm for those of you who can't read sarcasm. And they're Subarus and Wranglers. Yeah, they're driving Subarus and Wranglers. It's irrelevant, though. I like that quote, though, from that one, our fondest hopes and expectations were blasted and such a spirit of weeping came over us as I never experienced before. What a weenie response to the world not ending. (laughs) We shall live to, you know, shave our pubes another day. Until the day dawn. (laughs) That's what happened when they canceled my favorite TV show. Okay. Now, let's shift gears from the absurd to the scientific. Heinz von Forrester, Patricia M. Mora, and Lawrence W. Emyot are a bunch of nerds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is that, is that the, the clinical term? <laughs> I think so. They're supposed to be scientists, but apparently I had an incomplete sentence here. But they're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> okay, that works. Uh, I think they're actually electrical engineers. But anyway, 
So on November 4th, 1960, they dropped a bombshell in Science Magazine. They they didn't have any visions or any cryptic math. They, they really just went straight for the hard stuff, like actual real math. They theorized that overpopulation was the ticking time bomb. They crunched numbers on global fertility, standards of living, productivity, and whatnot. And according to their calculation, the world's clock is set to stop on Friday, November 13th, 2026. It's just, it's too perfect that it's Friday the 13th. And that, that's the only thing that makes me not believe them. Friday the 13th, you're trying too hard. Well, that, and they also didn't take into consideration that gay the people. The gay agenda. Yeah, that, that too. Oh, that yeah. See, we're, we, we went to the same place as that. <laughs> well, I was going to say gay people and dinks, doubling yeah. hymnal kits. Yeah. That's why I don't, I'm not a big fan of that number because, you know, gay people are dinks. Yeah. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of reasons that that number doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right. But you know what? Just in case it is in three years from now. So I want every single person to mark their calendars. Don't think it's going to happen. But just in case, repeating that Friday, November 13th, 2026. Now I've covered predictions from Jewish, Christian, absurd scientific perspectives. And if you think I've left out Muslim soothsayers, oh, let me share one more story with you. Dr. Rashad Khalifa used a computer to analyze the frequency of letters and words in the Quran. His findings, the words consistently added up to a common denominator, the number 19. What does that mean? I have no fucking idea. And I didn't care to dive into the why behind the number 19. But what it does matter is that Dr. Khalifa claimed to have done the math. And using the number 19, he figured out that the world would end in 2,280, as detailed in his book. Which you can buy for only (laughs) (laughs) $99.99. Like, just totally absurd. I'm not going to contribute to his baffling math by purchasing the book, even though he was actually assassinated by a guy from Calgary. Oh, wow. Random. Yeah. Um, He wasn't the guy who assassinated him, wasn't like Muslim. and. Dr. Khalifa lived in Tucson, Arizona. I thought that was a more fascinating story than a number 19, but I wanted to kind of stick on topic. Interesting. (laughs) But I couldn't figure out like why the number 19 mattered. And I couldn't figure out how he took the number 19 and came up with 2,280. And I just don't want to contribute to his funds or his mosque or whatever, because he still has a mosque that truly believes the world's ending in 2,280. But somehow you take the number 19 and he added a bunch of 120 something. Yeah, 19 goes into 2,280, 120 times. Exactly. But why? I don't know why that matters, but just so you know. (laughs) Right. But like he was saying that he was looking at initials and the number of times a certain word was found in the Quran and a number a certain letter was written and it just made absolutely no sense. But anyway, the majority of Muslims just say this guy is batshit crazy and does not represent them. Just like a majority of the the, the Christians say, or the majority of the Jews say that the Essenes are crazy. And the majority of the Christians say that the Millerites are crazy. But anyway. Don't judge the whole by the extremists. Exactly. Every every religion's got them. But anyway, I know I'm not going to be around in 2,280. I don't know about you. You never know. Uh, you could be floating around a little brain floating in a glass tube filled with fluids. Yeah, Haven't my, you seen Futurama? 
I have, but my family tends to check out around 60 or 70 years old. So who knows? <laughs> Probably not. You gotta put your brain in a tube before then. <laughs> That's the key. All right. We'll, we'll work on it. Um, but it, I won't be if you are. And if it's this is the year 2,279, heads up, listeners. One, it's pretty cool that we're still around in 2,279, but the world might end next year. So be careful. Heads up. I don't know what's going to happen because Dr. Khalifa did not specify what would happen other than the moon will split and then the world will end, but it will probably have something to do with the number 19. Hmm. So I do want to end with something he said, one of his quotes, the unbelievers who do not believe in the end of the world, the end will come suddenly. So visionary. (laughs) Yeah. How poetic. Too long, didn't listen. In summary, the world did not end in 66 CE when the Essenes thought it would, nor did it end in 400, 618, or 1600 as Martin de Tours, Pope Innocent III, or Martin Luther thought it would. It certainly didn't end on October 22nd, 1844, with William Miller prophesied it to end, and it didn't end on October 28th, 1982 or 1992, when the Dami mission claimed it would, are still around, much to Criswell's dismay. And who knows, the world might end in three years or in 257 years. Here's to a happy new year, where our resolutions stand as tall as our doomsday predictions, and our hopes shine as brightly as a supernova hurtling towards the earth. May your days be filled with laughter, your survival skills always the ready, and your end-of-the-world parties epic enough to make the four horsemen jealous. Cheers to a year where the unexpected become the norm, and may your bunker be stocked with plenty of humor and a dash of optimism. You don't want to say anything? It's the, it's a New Year's episode. Say something I got, nice. I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> New Year, same me. <laughs> may it be better than the last three. <laughs> Well, listeners, if you've relished these apocalyptic tales and are harboring your own end-of-the-world predictions, don't keep them under wraps like a forgotten prophecy. Become a part of our Doomsday Enthusiasts community by smashing that subscribe button, cast us a five-star review to make our podcast grow like it's radioactive, and spread the word faster than panicked preppers at the end of days. We'll return soon with more mind-boggling fiascos from the annals of history. Until then, remember. Sometimes the world keeps spinning despite humans' best efforts to predict its demise. And even the most ambitious prophecies can crumble in the face of reality. Yet the doomsday clock does state we are 90 seconds from midnight. One can always hope. (laughs) You can find us online at Oh the God Pod on social media. And now you can sign up to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Oh the God Pod. That's O O H. T-H-E-G-O-D-P-O-D. Thanks, everybody. And sorry about my voice today. I was sick and uh, we're still here from our homes and hopefully we'll uh, get you better quality next time. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.